0: Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor.
1: And I'm Carson Vasquez, I'm a private
0: pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast sponsored by Stratus Financial.
1: So buckle up because the Aviation Mentors are taking off.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to another fantastic and great episode of the Aviation Mentors Podcast. Uh, As we ramp up for excitement for AirVenture this year, it's only uh, less than two months away, a little over a month away actually, Uh, we have a great surprise for all of our listeners. As our guest for today, uh, Dick's the Director of Communications for one of the largest aviation organizations, and that's EAA, uh, the Experimental Aircraft Association. Uh, I've personally been a member of EAA for nearly 10 years, and uh, I'm happy to be a member of the organization. Uh, EAA does much more for aviation than just working with and advocating for experimental aircraft like their names kind of suggest uh, they work in uh, they work in the field of aviation in so many ways and uh, one of my favorite things they do is the young Eagles program which uh, I've done several flights for um, which they help organize through uh, local chapters and my local chapter is local chapter number one uh, at a flayboob airport which I'm uh, very proud to be a part of so yeah it's fantastic to have you on here
1: yeah, I've actually uh I, my first ever flight, the first time in an airplane was uh was young Eagles flight when I was in Boy Scouts. So wow. back that's, in the back in the day. That's
0: neat. Very cool. Yeah.
1: So thanks for being on with us today. Uh before we get into you know all that excitement that Airventure contains, let's start out with you. So how did you get in aviation?
2: That's the first thing we always ask. Okay. Well, I was one of those kids too and they didn't have young eagles back a million years ago when dinosaurs trod the earth and I and I was a kid. But it uh it really started out I grew up in Central Wisconsin and we were right over the pattern of the municipal airport and the paper company there had corporate jets. And I would always watch them. I was that kid playing baseball in the outfield where the airplane would go over, fly balls come in. I'd completely miss the fly ball because I was staring at the airplane. And uh, so it kind of came around that way. Uh, and then a little over 30 years ago, I had an opportunity uh, to join the public relations staff here at EAA. They needed somebody who could write a little bit. I came out of broadcast journalism and then who liked airplanes. And so I fit the bill. And lo and behold, three decades later, either I really like it or I have no transferable skills. Here I am. And then the same thing in the grown to be director of communications. But it is a it's a joy. It is never dull working here. There's always something going on and you get to play with airplanes. So all of that combined makes it a pretty cool place to be.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a fantastic place to be. I mean, I can't even imagine working for EAA or with EAA uh, besides the capacity that I, I do as a volunteer every once in a while in my local chapter. But it must have been a fantastic ride. And my next question was going to be, how would you get the opportunity to work for EAA? But you kind of addressed that. So my other question would be, uh, are you a pilot? And uh, do you fly much? If And if not, do you fly with others?
2: Yeah, and uh, I started flying back in 1996. I was very fortunate here at EAA Uh they offered ground school to employees. So I said, okay, I want to know more about what I'm talking about in aviation. And so I started that and at the end uh, ran into a flight instructor who had heard that I'd just taken ground school and said, well, do you want to start flying? And I went, yeah. And so that started it. And uh, ups and downs of life, as many people who have taken flight lessons have found out that you end up uh, stopping and starting and and doing things, I, I get I got to take my written twice, yay, and uh, doing that, and uh, but eventually. You know, got my private certificate and uh, enjoyed it. And uh, it's been a real thrill. You know, one thing we have here at EAA for employees is a flying club. We have a number of airplanes. In fact, uh, we fly in the one that we built back in 2014. We built a a Zenith 750 that's part of the flying club. And um, it's cozy in there. I, I can tell you, you know, I'm about six feet tall, about 205 pounds. And, it's cozy, and uh, but it's a it's a great little flying machine, and so uh, we do have a chance to get out there. You mentioned flying young eagles. You know, first of all, thanks for that. You know, Chapter One is the place to do it out there at Flaybob. You know, going all the back way back to Ray Stitz when he started it back in the fifties. Uh, tremendous original chapter for EAA, but uh, you know, flying young eagles. I don't know who has more fun, the kids or us. Really, when it comes down to it. Uh, because, you know, it is so much fun to watch them bounce out of the airplane and go, that is so cool. Yep, that's exactly what we're trying to tell you. That is so cool. So, uh, so it is the place to be. And, you know, we have an opportunity to go flying every chance we get. And, uh, you know, it's to be part of a group that is in there where flying is part of what you do every day. It just makes it all that more special and even becomes specialer when you get toward air venture time and everybody from around the world comes joins you here at oshkosh
1: well that's the best thing it it, you know it is air venture time uh we're all ramping up for it and last year was you know unlike brandon that was his eighth seventh eighth year uh it was my first ever time going to air venture so it was it was an incredible experience and on top of that we we actually started our, our podcast at air venture uh, we just had so much fun that uh, we actually didn't get to release our episodes until we got home. Uh, yeah. we, were, we were just so busy and I wanted to see everything. And, and every day until the very last day when we're packing up uh, from Camp shoulder, I was I was telling Brian, hey, I, I want to go back in. Let's let's go for like one more day. We still have we still have our wristbands. Let's go.
0: Yeah. And I, I actually everyone asked, oh, don't. Can't you just see everything like pretty quick? They they think of a local air show yep. and they haven't been to Air Venture. So anybody listening and who has not been to Air Venture, go to, to go to EAA's website and uh just Google search uh, EAA Organization or ex- Experimental Aircraft Association will come right up. I think their your website is eaa.org. Correct?
2: EAA.org. Yep, it's all there.
0: Perfect. yes mm-hmm. So go to eaa.org and there's a bunch of videos and different things you can look up Air Venture, but it is nothing like your uh like your local like local air show whatsoever. I mean, of course course, there's going to be airplanes there, but not this many airplanes. Everyone always asks me whenever I've gone to AirVenture, like, can't you just see it all in a day? And I said, no, I've gone, I've never gone for all seven days. I've gone for six at the most. I normally go five or six days. I try to go for the majority. And I have never went through everything. Yet, Not one year. I have not gone through everything because the booths take an entire day, sometimes two. Uh, Getting through Warbirds takes half a day. Going and seeing all the airplanes at North 40, which I'm a big fan of Mm -hmm. uh, and where I've camped many years. And, and going to the Seaplane Base and yep. the Watermelon Social and all the fun stuff. <laughs> I mean, I just named a few things, by the way. There are, I don't know, hundreds probably to do there. Um, so I've actually never gotten through it in one year. And uh, this year I will be there for all seven days um, with the podcast and with Stratus Financial. So uh, I'm excited because we have a booth there this year too. So I don't even know if I will be able to to make it really through everything because I'll be working a little bit too for the first time ever and I won't just be able to go have fun and uh, and go hang out in Camp Shoulder like I love to do so yeah. um uh, yeah. but uh do you have any stories on AirVenture oh, um, that you know, <laughs> ring, mine, ring a bell for you? Because I've got one, but I'd love to hear one of yours.
2: Oh, man. You know, there are so many because um, I, too, I, I was coming to Oshkosh before I joined the staff. I, I came four or five times, uh, you know, back and starting right out of high school back in the late 1970s. And I'll tell that story real quickly uh, it was our first year. And at the time, we still had a separation between you had to be a member or a pilot or a member of an organization to go out on the flight line. Uh, You could go to the exhibitors and the forums, but to get on the flight line by the airplanes, you had to be a member. We eventually got rid of that because we found out out of all the people who attended, only 8% weren't out on the flight line. And I always tell the story, first year, just out of high school coming here, uh, I knew biplanes, knew warbirds. Never saw a home built in my life. Didn't know they existed. Uh, Standing in line, and my buddy and I go, oh, you've got to be a member to get on the flight line. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll just do the general public thing. The couple in front of us turned around and said, you aren't members? Nope. Well, today you're our grandsons. And so they said, okay, we need passes for these guys too and everything else. Well, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. No, enjoy yourself. Never saw them again. Don't know who they were. Never saw them again, but they got us onto the flight line. And when that happened, we went by, I believe it was a very easy or a long easy. And my buddy said, what is that? And the owner happened to be standing next to it and said, well, this is, you know, this is a home built airplane. It's made out of fiberglass. People build their own airplanes and uh, go, yep. And instead of saying, hey, go away, kid, you bother me. He took 10 minutes and explained it to us. And cool. And. That is so important. That kind of outreach and so forth. How many people have we introduced? And uh, you know, you mentioned it, Carson. Your first flight was a Young Eagles flight. Uh, to, to think about that, how many people have we touched through Young Eagles, through the chapters, through Air Venture, coming there and seeing it? Uh, we've got stories of people in Oshkosh, young kids who came and then went into the service started flying military jets, later on brought the F-15 to Oshkosh. And my favorite story is probably from about 20 years ago. A young man came in flying an F-15 and they had four ship that day. They brought four, gave him the final pass to go around. He landed and we put his mom in the safety vest with the paddles onto Boeing Plaza to bring him in. And he turned the corner and he saw his mom waving him in with the paddles. I mean, that that's a moment right there. And you figure that whole connection as to what we do and what happens there really makes it all worthwhile. And it's part of the fun that we get to do during that week.
0: Yeah, that really is really fantastic i brought my son austin he's uh 12 years old now but he's as tall as me and almost as big as me now so <laughs> he doesn't really look 12. uh but uh, he's even been on this podcast he was on like our eighth episode on we we called it are you too young to fly and he talked about his experience landing at mccarran airport um and he also wow. talked about his uh, experience landing my icon a5 for the first time unassisted um because as wow. an angle of attack indicator it's a lot easier to mm-hmm. for him to to land with sure uh, But one of the highlights of AirVenture one time was uh, we... I met a bunch of other podcasters and, and different people and I try to make connections whenever I go to events like, like AirVenture, um, and others. And we ended up making friends with some, some other podcasters and they invited us to a party, um, by Jet Aviva at the time. And it was before they changed their ownership to whatever it is currently. And mm-hmm. it was in Camp Scholar and I never went to Camp Scholar before, which I'm wearing my Camp Scholar <laughs> shirt today in honor of, <laughs> right. of this episode uh, that I bought last year, Uh <laughs> um, but we went to Camp Scholar and we got invited to this party and they had a special guest that no one knew about except for a very select few people. And that special guest was actually Bob Hoover, uh, a world-class wow. yeah. aviator and airshow show pilot. And uh, I've heard of Bob, Bob Hoover before and I, I've never got to see his air shows because I didn't really go to an air show really until I started learning to fly, believe it or not, in 2013 or 14. Uh, so I went to, uh, I went and met Bob Hoover after hearing all these great stories about him and watching the videos of him pouring iced tea upside down and all these things. Yep. And, mm-hmm. uh, my son and I sat right next to him, sat on my, uh, my son sat on my lap. We took a picture with him, which I still have today. Maybe I'll try to get that <laughs> posted. Um, and we got to shake his hand. Um, and uh, unfortunately, just a few months later, he ended up passing away. Um, mm-hmm. He was he was getting up there in age. He was born uh, in 1922. I pulled it up for our show notes, January 24th, 1922. And uh, and I met him when he was probably 98 years old or something. So yeah. Um, yeah. that is one of my highlights of of Oshkosh, just kind of meeting meeting one of those those. Those people you get starstruck by, and I don't get starstruck almost ever. I mean, it's weird. I could see Matt Damon walking down the street, and I wouldn't get starstruck. Mm -hmm. But I I saw Bob Hoover, and I sure did, because I realized the skill needed to fly a Twin Commander upside down. I've flown a Twin Commander before. I can't imagine flying that thing upside down. It feels like (laughs) a bus in the air.
2: It's crazy. Doing an eight-point roll with it. Yeah, that's uh, the amazing thing about it. But he, And Bob was a, a true gentleman. I mean, just tremendous, you know, his piloting skills and so forth, you know, being Chuck Yeager's wingman, all of those type of things through the years and establishing himself as a test pilot. Uh, but always, every time we worked with him or dealt with him, a true gentleman, uh, just always you know, willing to give his time to others. And he he once said something... To me, when I asked him a question about flying and it's always stuck with me, it's always know the limitations of your airplane and the limitations of yourself and never exceed them. And that's how he got to be an old, bold pilot of which there aren't very many of. And he was one of those people, but um, uh, truly a legend and and one who we do miss because he was a yearly visitor to Oshkosh and somebody we always enjoyed. So uh,
0: it's great that you and your son got to meet him. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, it was it was truly a once in a lifetime experience, guy, yeah. <laughs> and and there wouldn't be anywhere else but AirVenture that would happen. So, exactly. <laughs> um, On to the next thing we want to talk about, and that are air shows. Um, like I said, I didn't go to an air show until actually I was already a, a pilot, or maybe I was a student pilot. I don't remember, but it was around right around the same point. I never even knew really air shows really existed because we just didn't have them really around where I lived. Um, but I've always loved, uh, air shows, but I've gone to so many of them because I was in the flight school business for a long time and, and I went to oh, every sure. air show there possibly could be to go try to recruit new pilots. Um, so I feel like I've seen all the air shows, but at air venture, I saw an air show that blew my mind and I still look forward to going to it every single year. And that is the Wednesday air show, yeah. which unfortunately <laughs> happened to have them happen to happen on a Thursday, a couple of years ago, <laughs> they stayed an extra day for mm-hmm. it, Um uh, but uh, the Wednesday night air show, it's, the night air show is something that I refuse to miss. I go out there. We, oh, okay, I, Great. I'm really into charcuterie. So we, we have meat and cheese and we're all hanging out by <laughs> the, um, by the flight line and we have our charcuterie yeah. boards. And my son <laughs> even says, Dead. He's making charcuterie boards. And uh, my girlfriend, Damar, she, she makes some fantastic ones. So she's been doing it for the past couple of years. But, um, so we go out there and we watch this night air show with a bunch of sodas and hang out. And it happens to be one of my favorite things to mm-hmm. see. Um, so I was wondering, in terms of air shows this year, do you know what we can expect? Um, who are some big headliners that we, uh, we should all be excited about? And what can you tell us about the air shows at uh, AirVenture this year?
2: Yeah, uh, the air shows, of course, you know, we we do nine air shows in seven days, which is, you know, really a a piece of planning. And you consider the afternoon air shows are all about three hours long. So it's constant motion all the way through. And then you get to the night air shows. And that is a select group, and you know, we start very early. We start with the ICAST convention back in Las Vegas in December, uh, starting to pull the people together. Who's going to be there? Um, who's a, who can fly Oshkosh? Who you know? And sometimes we get a lot of people coming up. Say, hey, I'd like to fly Oshkosh. Great, uh, you know, send us your reel. We send some of our experienced airshow pilots out to watch them to see if they're if they're ready for Oshkosh really to to say it in so many words, but you put the night show together, uh, you've got people such as the aeroshell aerobatic team uh, and the T sixes do a tremendous job with that. Uh, you know, Nathan Hammond that he does with his sky during the day and then performances in the evening, you know, the red line team in the past, um, You've got people such as Matt Yankin brings out that Beach 18 and he's got the engine nacelles all lit up and, and there's a lot of smoke. And I always tell people who haven't been to a night air show, uh, when you were a kid and it was July 4th and you had a sparkler in your hand and you wrote your name through the air to watch the light trail behind it, I said, imagine doing that with an airplane, with the pyrotechnics on the wingtips and on the belly and just follow it. Uh, the other thing I always love about the night air show is a daytime air show you've got the perspective of the horizon the sky the ground everything else to give you that frame of reference a night air show you don't have that you you see some of the lights on the other side of the airport but otherwise it's it's blackness or grayness and so forth that's all taking place back there so you're focused on the airplane its maneuvers the the music going with it and so forth um one of my favorites from the night air show had to be uh, Bob Carlton in the glider. Uh, it was just tremendous. It was a jet powered glider, he used the jet engine to climb and then the sailplane aspect of it after that. And he had the music playing and all you heard was the music and the air going over his wings. And uh, you know, people were simply transfixed watching that. And uh, I had a chance to talk to Bob the next day and just go, wow. I'd never seen anything like that in a night air show. And that was tremendous, you know, and he just said, thanks, really appreciate it. And, you know, it's one of those moments. And that's one of those, I've watched a lot of air shows over 30 years here. That's one of those, my mouth was hanging open and I almost walked into somebody because I was so transfixed watching him at that time. The night air show is really, I
0: don't know, you put it into such eloquent words and (laughs) I'm just still in awe from it. And I've seen it, I don't know, eight or 10 times. Um, I really like that, what's that single jet airplane called? Uh, Single engine, single jet, just... Oh, the subsonics? It's Subsonics, yep. That one happens to be one of my favorites because they put so many air, uh, fireworks and lights on this little baby airplane. <laughs> and uh, and I, I think it's a blast. Um, I, I want to buy one just because I want to fly a little baby jet.
2: Well, there you go. A matter of fact, Subsonics is based right here in Oshkosh. They're across the field from us. And um, so, yeah, they'll sell you that kit uh, and they'll be at Air AirVenture. So I always say at AirVenture, you know, you can buy an airplane T-shirt and then go next door by the airplane to match it. So, you know, in great shape there.
1: Yeah,
2: you can.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Brandon did uh did not overhype uh, how cool that that night air show was, and it, he was telling me the whole week leading up to it, and the whole week we're there. He's like, "We're going to the night air show. We're not going to miss this." I was like, "Okay, cool. An air show at night. Yeah, uh, it is not an air show at night. It is something way way bigger than that."
0: And there's also one uh, big thing at the end that I'm going to leave for everybody as a surprise. If you want to break the surprise because you can't uh, you can't go this year or something, you can go on their website and go look at it. But if you are going, I'm not going to ruin the surprise, but it's at the end of the Night Air Show, and it will blow your mind. It is amazing and awesome, so make sure you're there for the Night Air Show. Don't go walk to your car early or walk to your airplane or your hotel early, stay until the very last
2: literal second and, uh, and get a beautiful surprise. <laughs> when I was saying, you know, we did the first night air show, it was 2010. And I remember when we were planning that and we all looked at each other and said, you think anybody's going to stay on the flight line to watch this thing? And we didn't know. We, we hadn't done one that night. We had 25,000 people there. It was Saturday night. We only had the one at the time. And a couple of years in, people said, Hey, you know, I have to leave before the end of the week. Could you have another night air show? So we thought about it. yeah, let's do one on Wednesday as well. So that's how we ended up with two night air shows a couple of years in. And it's become a tradition now at Oshkosh. It's really the Wednesday night air show that
0: I go to every single year because I normally leave on Friday or Saturday, mm-hmm. depending there on the go. weather. Yeah. And that's a Wednesday night one that I want I like <laughs> to see. I'm just happy this year. I'm gonna get to see two of them. Wednesday and <laughs>
2: <on> Saturday. Yep.
1: <laughs> well, um, as much fun as the night air show is, my, my absolute favorite thing, and I'm I'm pretty sure everyone that listened to our Sun Fun episodes is very aware. Uh, I love seeing the Warbirds, and it is oh, my yeah. favorite place to hang out, favorite place to go. And I know that Sun Fun had a lot of Warbirds uh, in their Warbird Country, but nothing compares to the amount at uh, at AirVenture. There's just no way that, that anyone could beat how many cool
2: planes are there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, do you know any, any particularly awesome ones that are going to be there this year? Well, this year we're really excited. Um, there is, uh, We're having a Corsair reunion. And, you know, there are only about 20 to 25 Corsairs left flying in the country. And we hope to have half of them here uh, for that. Uh, We're doing something very special last November. Of course, the uh, movie Devotion came out, talked about Thomas Hudner um, being awarded the Medal of Honor for his work with Jesse Brown, who was the first black naval aviator. Uh, So we're going to have the Corsairs there at our fly-in theater in the evening. We're going to show Devotion on... I believe it's Friday night, and we're going to have Thomas Hudner Jr. and Jamal Wright, who is the grandson of Jesse Brown there, uh, to help introduce the movie. Uh, it is um, something we're looking forward to, to put that together. Uh, we've got um, uh, aircraft from the Vietnam era, including one of my favorite. It's a cargo airplane. It's called the Thunder Pig. And it's it's a one and only one of its flying. I think it's a C-123, and uh, it's from Fairchild. And a group in Pennsylvania has restored this airplane, and they're coming in with it. Uh, so that will be there. We'll have the MiG-17 jets there. Uh, if you're a Warbird fan, really recommend twice a day during the week we have Warbirds in Review. So you can come there. And for instance, the pull-in a P-51, old crow. And Bud Anderson at 100 years old will be there talking about it. Uh, we'll have aces from the Vietnam War there. We'll have some pilots from the Korean era who flew Corsairs in combat. They'll be there. And that's at 10 o'clock in the morning, 1 o'clock in the afternoon up in the Warbirds area. So, you know, there are bleachers there. Come on down. It's a piece of history that you'll get here firsthand from the people who flew those airplanes. And so, um, you know, come on out and and do that. We'll pull in a B-25 with a B-25 pilot there. Uh, I think John Luckadoo from World War II is going to be there. So, you know, those type of things are those only at Oshkosh moments that you come in and say, this is a gathering that you just don't put together anyplace else. It's there. So if you're a Warbird fan, uh, it's the world's largest annual gathering of Warbirds, about 350 to 400 of them come there and uh, you get to see them all and walk right up to them. Talk to the owners, talk to the pilots. Uh, You know, that's one of the unique things about Oshkosh that makes it, well, Oshkosh.
0: Big time. I mean, I honestly, I didn't go to the Warbird section until my third or fourth year at Oshkosh (laughs) because I was really into seaplanes and different Mm -hmm. things like that. Still are. I I still am. Yeah. (laughs) I got my, uh, I got my, my Albatross G111 type, uh oh. maybe a month or two ago excellent uh, I, I really did the flying for about six months ago i finally got the sign got off the thing yeah the, went and did the paperwork right yeah. well
1: oshkosh is a place where you're gonna find someone else with that same typewriting, like we we're talking about i know
0: i gotta i gotta <laughs> go meet up with somebody over there yep. i gotta find them <laughs> uh but uh but that's kind of a warbird that that albatross is semi warbird and then mm-hmm. i've owned a t28 in the past Oh, okay um i Unfortunately, I never flew it <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, because it was a, it was a B model um, and uh, and you needed hype rating. So I bought it really to, to buy, fix, and and sell uh, mm-hmm. a while ago. But uh, but I did get to taxi it around, and I got to learn all about the uh, radial engines with that airplane. And it was a fantastic plane to just even have sitting in my hangar. Uh, whenever we'd have a party, people would be taking pictures with it. And <laughs> it was really a lot of fun. Uh, and then. Lucky for us in Southern California, we have the Plains of Fame Air Museum here at Chino Airport. Beautiful museum. Uh, It is. Yeah. So we get to see a lot of warbirds there. And there's also another one called Yanks Air Museum, who uh, just did a, uh, a party actually for my business group the other day, which was fantastic. They showed us all the warbirds. And uh, I can't think of the guy's name who showed us around, but he did a fantastic job there. But we've just have so many warbirds and kind of in our backyard. And then we also have, uh, I'm not sure the place, but here in Santa Ana Airport, SNA, there's another uh, place as well next to Martin Aviation. Um, so we've got a lot of great warbirds mm-hmm. uh, that we get to look at here. But for some reason, I don't go look at them that often around here. But when I'm in Oshkosh nowadays, um, I'm going to go look at them a lot more. I'm also missing um, one thing when I've ever, whenever I go to Oshkosh. I spend a lot of time in Kid Venture with Austin, mm-hmm. but I've never gone over to the Warbird section and done their little tram ride. I've tried two years in a row and for some reason I've always missed it. Can you tell us what the key is so we can actually get in on that little (laughs) ride
2: and go see all the Warbirds? Yeah, and they put this together probably about a decade ago they started doing it because so many people came up and they wanted to see the Warbirds, but they didn't have an organized way to do it. And so uh, some volunteers put together this tram tour and I would say, you know, get up there, Fairly early in the morning. Check out um, what time they start the tram tours. You know, if you're up there by about eight o'clock or so, um, just ask, hey, when's the next tram tour coming up? Because certainly you can spend a little time just wandering among the airplanes and so forth, and then take the tram tour. And usually when you get done, you'll be getting pretty close to the morning warbirds and review session. So you can attend that and then, you know, start making your way back down the flight line again. So I, I would recommend that anybody who's not been in the warbirds area, I'd recommend hopping on that tram and Getting the whole thing, you know, Vic and the crew up there do a tremendous job putting that together. And again, they're all volunteers, and and that's that's kind of the magic sauce of Air Venture—the 5,000 volunteers that that come here and do everything from paint picnic tables to park airplanes and a lot of them take their own vacation time to come up here and volunteer. Uh, You know we couldn't do it without them but they take the event very much to heart and say it's special to us so we're going to make sure it's done right and uh, love talking with the volunteers and what they've been up to throughout the entire year until they come back to Oshkosh. Speaking of the
0: volunteers um, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be attending Oshkosh for the first time this year uh, and ones that have been for several years. Uh, If somebody wanted to volunteer, I saw it it on the EAA website. I Mm -hmm. think I saw something on top. You can click a link. But is there a better way they can contact uh, EAA if they want to volunteer or or learn how to volunteer? Or can somebody pick their position? I know I would always want to drive those little um, red, yellow, and green tour buses around. I think that would be fun (laughs) for me. It's just the one thing. I'm like, oh, that would be so much fun. And you get to be a little tour guide on the back if you want to. (laughs) Not by, like, talking or anything. Yeah. Um, Um, but is there a way that somebody could uh, learn more about volunteering and sure. uh, at Oshkosh or
2: AirVenture? Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned it. Go to the website where we have, uh, it's updated weekly about the volunteer positions open. Uh, so that's definitely a possibility. You can come in there and, and kind of pick what you'd like to do and contact the, that volunteer area chairman and start that conversation going. Also, if you get here, and you need it. And let's say you're staying in Camp shoulder There's the volunteer center, which is right by the Red One store, the big Red Barn grocery store at Camp shoulder And they have all the listings of all the volunteer positions that are available during the week. And those things change. Sometimes people have to leave early or, you know, a new project came in and they have to do things. Uh, and so there are always volunteer positions available. And most times in almost every area, if you're interested in the Warbirds area, head up to Warbirds, say, hey, I'd like to volunteer. What do you have available? You know, it might be anything from, you know, sweeping out the pavilion to, you know, setting up merchandise to things like that. But you get to be a part of it. And what often people come back year after year is they suddenly it's more than just an attraction. It's more than just an event. They're participating. Now it becomes they become part of the family and they meet the other volunteers, and you meet friends. And, you know, and Paul Poberezny always said, you know, people come to the fly-in for the airplanes, but they keep coming back for the people. And you really do learn that. Every year, I come back, and I see people I see once a year. I see them at Oshkosh, and we pick up our conversation exactly where we left at the end of last July, and just, you know, what's going on, and so forth. And uh, always look forward to that, and um, Looking forward to again as we as we get closer to our venture. I really appreciate you being on with us today. Yeah, you know,
1: with with forty days to go, and by the time this gets posted tomorrow, it's going to be thirty nine days to go. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm keeping track or anything, but um, you know, I, I, we're just we're feeling the excitement for it, and we're getting more and more amped up every day. And when we we're going to uh, to have a booth there at Strass Financial, uh, booth ten fifty three and ten fifty four. All right. Uh, so you can come and find us every day, except. uh, what, 10 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. when uh, the Warbirds review. (laughs) Go look in the Warbirds area, yeah. (laughs) look in the Warbirds area, you'll find me. But every other day, we're going to be there, and uh, and we're really excited for it. So thank you for being on with us today.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having me on. You know, we, we love talking airplanes. So do you guys, and, you know, we could spend a lot of time doing that. But let's pick up this conversation when you're here on the flight line at AirVenture.
0: In person will be much uh, much better than uh, than this Zoom type of call uh, for sure. We, I'm glad we can all gather again and and be around all of our uh, all of the other aviators because 2020 was just brutal getting uh, uh, getting everything canceled and uh, and not being able to go to Oshkosh was one of the biggest disappointments for me then. So I'm really happy we're able to go again and uh, but we really enjoyed talking with you and giving our listeners more info on uh, Air, Air Venture Oshkosh. Um, is there any way they can get a hold of you or
2: EAA that you would recommend? Best way go to our- our website, uh, ea.org, click on the AirVenture tab. uh, You'll find out everything. We keep updating that. Uh, Download the app. It's for both Droid and and Apple devices now. Just go to find the EAA events app, download that. We keep updating that. That's the thing to use on the field too, to find out the latest information. And uh, so, you know, we look forward to seeing everybody here. Uh, it's going to be fun. Um, early bird tickets still on sale, so you can save a couple of bucks and the campground camp shoulder actually opens up on June 30th. So it's coming and, uh, we're getting ready to go and, uh, looking forward to seeing everybody here on the flight line.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Carson and I both actually have it, uh, alarmed on our phones the moment <laughs> that camp shoulder opens so we can get the spots that we want.
1: <laughs> I have an alarm for 4am that day. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we we have in our group we have uh, six six trailers and motorhomes going, so uh, we gotta we've gotta get everybody to get their spots right away. There you so, go. Um, but our, our listeners might remember from the beginning of the episode we uh, we started our podcast at Oshkosh last year. Um, Carson and I are recording Camp Scholar, practicing our intro and our cadence and and learning really how to do this from scratch. I mean I. I guess, hosted a few podcasts before, but in reality, I'm just a flight instructor and and a business guy. So we, uh, we've we learned a lot over this past year, and I'm excited that it will be our one-year anniversary of the podcast uh, coming this, uh, this uh, July in Oshkosh. And uh, we're hoping we're going to hit our 100th episode while we're there, and we're also going to start uh, – video production at that show. Uh, so I'm excited to have uh, have our episodes on YouTube and you get to see our faces, ugly or beautiful, whatever you want to decide. Um, but it's going to be a blast. So uh, if you'd like to reach out to uh, either one of us, you can reach us at Twitter or Instagram. For me, it's at Mr. Martini Guy. For Carson, it's at Carson underscore AB17. Uh, you can also uh, uh, reach Dick via EAA website, like he stated earlier, at EAA.org. And uh, of course, as we prefer, you can reach out to uh, me via email, Brandon at AviationMentors.com or Carson at AviationMentors.com.
1: And as a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride.